Welcome to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. This is the place where you'll hear kids ministry experts dive deep into practical and inspirational topics to help make you the best kids ministry leader or volunteer you can be. On today's episode, Bill Emiot and Jana Magruder chat about ministering to today's kids. So let's get started. Here's Bill Emiot. Welcome back to the podcast studio, friends. It's so good that you would join us again for an edition of Kids Ministry 101, the podcast. Today, our special guest is my friend and yours, Jana Magruder. Hey, Jana. <laughs> Hello, Bill. How are you? I'm great. Good, good. Happy to be here. Great. Well, today we have a really interesting topic that we're all interested in knowing more about. Um, yes. Today's kids. Yep. Today's kids. But before we get too deep in that, let's talk about your kids. Okay. Today's got, kids are my kids. I know. You've got three <laughs> kids. What are their ages now? Well, uh, our youngest, Nicholas, is uh, 11, just wow. about to finish up fifth grade. And Jason is has just turned 13, finishing seventh grade. And Morgan Grace is 16, Ooh. driving around Nashville. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and just finished her sophomore year. So we are, we are in the thick of it. You are. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about today's kids, you have um, firsthand experience in, in raising today's kids and the influences that are on today's kids and, and what we're seeing in this generation we're calling Gen Z. Now, just quickly, a background of that. We have our traditionalists, that would have been my mom and dad. Then we have baby boomers, Mm -hmm. which, yes, includes me. (laughs) We have our Gen Xers. (laughs) Yep, that's you. And then Y and Z. Y has kind of taken on a different um, term with millennials. Millennials, right. But that's where Z came from, X, Y, and Z. X, Y, and Z. And Z's the group we're ministering to now. Quite frankly, some of them um, are parenting now, the oldest group of Gen Z, because the the dates that that I think are most most accepted accepted are um, 96 to 2014. And so we've got some Gen Z parents, which is making things a little interesting, too. Entering the workforce. Yeah. Yes. So it's an exciting generation. I've done a lot of reading about it myself the last few months in, in preparation for some things I was doing. And they're an exciting group. Very, I, I don't know about very, but there is a distinction between them and the millennials. Absolutely. Um, and I think that uh, I think this is going to be a great conversation. So in your research, in your study, and even in your personal study at home, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are some things that you're seeing about this group of today's kids, this Gen Z population? Well, I think the the most distinctive characteristic that most people uh, think of first when they think of Gen Z is that they are digital natives. In fact, I've heard speakers not even call them Gen Z. They just call them the digital natives. Right. I've yes. heard iGen as well. And iGen is another uh, um, term that a um, professional researcher, Jean Twinge, mm-hmm. coined. Um, that's what her book is called, iGen, which I highly recommend. Um, it is it is not faith-based, but it is uh, fact-based in That's her research, good. and I've learned a lot from, from that particular book. So I highly recommend it to our listeners. Um, if you just want to know what a um, someone who studies generations mm-hmm. 
is seeing because what we know about generational studies is the whole story is not in yet. Right. And especially for Gen Z. Mm-hmm. We're watching and we're still learning and the story is not really completely in. Um, you know, the, I'm not saying we've closed the chapter on millennials either, but, no. but for the most part, we kind of know a lot about how um, they run and what makes them tick. But Gen Z, I'm still watching, even at home, mm-hmm. things kind of change before my eyes. And um, and I'm certainly uh, just trying to chase down as much um, both secular information, but also how do we how do we meet them where they are in a in a, um, a faith conversation? I really appreciate though um, the 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 opportunity to talk through some of the secular research through the lens of Christ through the lens of the church, and and so I think our listeners tune in to us for that. You know, it's okay right. to take uh, um, some information gathered through non-church sources and and then look at that through the lens of Christ. And these kids are definitely digital natives. I've even heard them referred to as digital addictives. Oh, absolutely. Uh, we, I could prove that by taking you to my house. Oh. <laughs> I w- I struggle my, my husband and I really um, are feel like we are in battle and it's a spiritual battle for their their time their the the um, desires of their hearts mm. um, of what they spend time doing and their preference is to pick up a device right um, because you know they're of the age where they do have access to devices uh, we manage that as as well as we can um, with, you know, time limits and um, even where you are and, and, you know, using um, um, a chance to reward them if they do cer- mm-hmm. certain other obligations. Uh, but it is a, it's, a, it's a battle, and it's a different battle than, um, than really any other because generation because it's, it's brand new. Like our parents can't help us with this. No. In <sighs> fact, you and I have even talked about this, you know, I turn to my mom and dad a lot for parenting advice, except when it comes to this, because to them, it's like, just turn it off, throw it out the window or whatever, (laughs) you know, and it's not that simple because, um, and we'll we'll probably get to this um, in a minute, but another characteristic of Gen Z is that they are the loneliest Mm. generation. So here they are so connected, but yet still struggling with loneliness because relationships um, are are online right and yes they may go go to school and see their buddies at, at lunch and recess and things like that but for the most part a play date a traditional play date is I'm kind of in the middle of boy land right now sure. my daughter is very independent but we've had our struggles and with social media really for the girls and and gaming for the boys I realize I'm I'm generalizing because both sure. exist on both but Right now, uh, the gaming is just kind of rocking our it world. Really, and, and like you said, that's their play date. And that is, if I, if we restrict that and just say, we're just going to be a family who never games, hmm. which I've, believe me, I have considered becoming Amish more than <laughs> once in the past five years. Um, but if I, if I restrict Xbox altogether, that means that it's, it's kind of like saying you're never going to have a play date. Right. And so then when, when they go back to school... Then they don't have, you know, 
the basketball game to talk about, not just on ESPN. They do talk, still kind of watch sports and stuff like that, too. But, at the same time, they're gaming. But at the same time, they're gaming <laughs> because they can do that. They're ambidextrous. My seven-year-old nephew, yes. this, just this past weekend, I'm watching him with three screens on. My phone, which I finally took away, mm -hmm. <laughs> he had two yeah. iPads. He had all three of them going at the same time. Yeah. And I saw a window in one of them where he was watching a movie or something in the window. of. So he's watching mm -hmm. four screens yeah. at the same time That's at seven. That's really common. It, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and their brains are just hardwired differently mm -hmm. because of being digital natives. So you have that dynamic, and and back to advice from parents. Um, <laughs> I call I call us pioneers. Mm -hmm. If you're parenting, or if you're um, um, shepherding children in a ministry, you're pioneers, listeners. Yes. Trust me, you are because we are going into uncharted territory. We are in uncharted territory, and. Um, we just, that's why we have to be so vigilant about uh, how we're stewarding these years, these formidable years. Um, we're up against a lot, mm -hmm. and the and the and the technology stuff is just one part of it. Right, kids, uh, and you know, I I don't know that kids asked for this. This is what no, we handed adults them. handed it to them, but kind as of we, innocently as right because it was. Hey, you know, Steve Jobs and Apple and yeah. this is the coolest thing ever. Started with the iPod. I remember opening the my first iPod and that cool packaging, that white Apple packaging and just being so, you know, overwhelmed with just admiration mm -hmm. really of this piece of technology and and I love music and so getting to download all your music into this one thing. Well, then I can have my iTunes <laughs> and my phone together. Right. Wow. And then add a calendar. Oh, and I can check my email. And then this thing, Facebook comes up and I can check on all my friends that I've lost touch with, high school friends, college friends, across the country friends. This seems all very innocent. And then think about it. Instagram comes out. And that's a right when our, our daughter was kind of coming of age in terms of, I'd like to do Instagram too, because all our friends were. And at first, when it first came out, I think a lot of us adults thought, well, how cute is this? You can take a picture and put a fun filter on it and share it with your friends. Mm -hmm. That seems like for a preteen girl or a young teen girl, that seemed like an art project, right. you know, crafts. I mean, I, I almost put it in that same category until all of a sudden there was sadness if there, were, there weren't enough likes mm. or not just enough likes, but how quickly those likes came. And if they didn't mm -hmm. come quickly enough, I'm just going to take it down. And so all of a sudden, you have children and teens finding their worth of who they are based on what they post. Right. And it just kind of grew from that. It, Instagram really did kind of start off as like, let's take a picture of my food. Remember that? Uh -huh. And, and like, people still do that. I, I might even still do that. Um, <laughs> Uh, had some good-looking pork chops right. a couple weeks ago. Exactly. <laughs> I'm grilling this. You know, look what I'm making or whatever. But it or quickly just, moved it away quickly from that. It quickly moved, especially for, um, well, I won't say especially because I think adults uh, struggle with it, too, because of the comparison thing. Mm -hmm. Because you don't put anything on Instagram that's not beautiful right. and close to perfect. Right. And I, I've often said it's fake book instead of Facebook. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, choose your poison. Facebook, Instagram. Some people really struggle with Twitter because it's just it's that angst. It's that way to kind of get in your your opinions really fast. Which and leads to one of those uh, 
characteristics of today's kids. Mm-hmm. They are very anxious. Mm-hmm. Anx- yes. you've, we've talked about them being digital natives and being lonely. Yes. Um, not, not, you know, they're, they're the most connected generation in the history of, right. of humanity, but they're very lonely right. with real life. Two thousand friends online, mm-hmm. and, and nobody to call, and nobody to call, and don't call. That's just not even part of their culture to um, pick I up was, the phone. And and I lived on the phone. I remember oh, yeah. mom always telling me, "Get, get off, off the, the phone. phone." I was so excited when we got call waiting. Yes, because <laughs> then I didn't have to get off the phone. I could just yes. click over here, mom. Yes. Um, I was listening to someone the other day talk about, and I don't. I'm not sure who to give this credit to, but back. 10, you know, 20 years ago, the average person had five or six people they could call in the middle of the night in an emergency. Yeah. Today, when polled, zero. Wow. One to zero. Wow. Of real well, Bill, people. you can call us if you need to. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not. I've got more than five. But, but it's just, that's where, you know, and all that comes with that. The loneliness and the anxiety of, uh-huh. of comparing yourself to someone else and, and, and um, making sure that you get this per- certain badge or this certain level. Yeah. It, uh, there's the, a lot of anxiety out the, there with right. today's children. There is. Um, the sources um, of anxiety are the, the ones you just mentioned, you know, the comparison culture, the, um, you know, how many likes, how many, how many um, followers do I have? But also... Um, I've, I've read a lot about how um, we're in a day and age where the pressure of school and performance mm-hmm. in school and testing and college entry and getting scholarships because college is so expensive now. Um, it's more expensive than ever, I guess I should mm-hmm. say. Um, those pressures start building up at the same time as social pressures, online pressures, cyberbullying, the things that they're dealing with there, um, and add all that up together, and you you are dealing with a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. And so um, anxiety, um, I hate to say this, but I think this won't be a surprise to our listeners because you work with, with kids and preteens and teens, um, that the suicide rates oh, are man. just astounding. Um, and, and, and the ages are getting younger and younger, and it's, um, it's, a, it's an epidemic. It's, it's become an epidemic. So um, that is something um, that this generation um, sees, hears about. Think about the show 13 Reasons Why. I mean, that wow. was a show all about suicide, and it was geared to the demographic of Gen Z. It right. was for them. Um, so those are certainly some big characteristics some other things um, that um, listeners may or may not be aware of is we're raising these kiddos in a post-Christian society. If you, you might live in the middle of the South and not realize it, but overall, we're in a post-Christian society. And so our kids are surrounded more and more with kids who are not Christ followers, mm-hmm. whose parents are not Christ followers. Their teachers aren't Christ followers. Um, of course, there's always exceptions, and, and, and depending on where you go to school and depending on where you live, honestly. But um, our society is becoming more and more of a post-Christian society. Right. And so they're going to hear messages um, from lots of different places that kids didn't hear before. Mm-hmm. So whether that's, um, you know, uh, uh, conversations about gender, 
um, about um, um, the definition of marriage, mm-hmm. about abortion, um, all those things um, are are being thrown at them with a more of a of a post Christian view. So um, there's they're certainly up against a lot, which makes our role as parents and as ministry leaders and teachers huge. Right. Let's take a quick break. I'm Michael Wally, the producer of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast and producer of the Etch Family Ministry Conference. I'd love to invite you to join me and our team at the Etch Family Ministry Conference in downtown Nashville, October 7th through 9th. We're so excited to feature speakers like Louis Giglio, Christine Kane, Crosspoint Music, and other incredible ministry leaders. Find out more at etchconference.com. Now don't wait because prices do go up at the end of this month. Now back to our conversation. So we're probably talking mostly to children's ministry leaders um, through this podcast and, and their parents as well. Yeah. What's the church to do? What what should we be focusing on as we try to minister to today's kids and equip uh, equip them to live in today's world and then support and empower and encourage today's families. Yeah. What is our role? Well, the good news is is that I think that the the church, the capital C church and the lower C churches, mm-hmm. your churches, um, are are perfectly positioned to meet kids in this crisis. Okay. So, what do I mean by that? Um, well, when kids have an opportunity to come and be with other Christian friends, um, church friends, you know, I always had my church friends. Mm-hmm. Um, the more we can foster that, cultivate that, and build that, um, the more we have opportunities for kids to have real relationships with peers, but also with um, the godly men and women of your church. And so this is really an all-call. In my opinion, this is, this is a all-hands-on-deck to children's ministry um, for the church to become um, um, more and more involved in children's ministry. So I know we always say that, but we're in a, kind of in an emergency now right. where we need um, multi-generation of godly men and women who are pouring into the lives of kids and they are consistent. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, if I'm a, vol- a, a church volunteer, I need to be dedicated to that and committed to that because if I'm one that just wants to come once a month, once every six weeks, you know, we hear churches do it all different kinds of ways. Um, I'm really not a fan of that. I'm more of a proponent of someone who's committed to coming every week because you're building those relationships. relationships. And that's what our kids desperately need today. And I think if we if we lead with that when we're recruiting and enlisting and we can help them know that we're not just trying to fill seats and we don't want to have to call anybody else, but there's a reason we want you to be here every week. There's right. there's a crisis, you you called it. Mm-hmm. There's a crisis here and we have the opportunity to build relationships with these boys and girls so that they can see Christ through us and yes. and and we can share Christ with them. Yes. Uh, I think that that could be helpful as we go about enlisting. Right. And so it's very important also that when you do gather kids, that you are spending that very valuable short amount of time um, to teach God's word. 
We all know that families' uh, attendance patterns have changed over yes. the last uh, two decades. Yes. And we're seeing families less and less. And, and, and there's a variety of different reasons for that. And, and some good, some bad, some I don't know. But we're not seeing them three times a week. We're seeing them two or three times a month. Right. So we can't be playing. Right. <laughs> we can't be entertaining. We have to be teaching. We have to be leading with the gospel. That's right. We have to be leading with Jesus every time because it may, they may not have another opportunity. That's they right. may not be back for another month. That's right. So we've got to make sure that when we're teaching, when we have those opportunities with today's kids, we've got to make sure that we're making the most of every moment. Yes. Wow. Yeah. It's it's a it's huge a, calling. It's a it's it is a huge calling, um, with an incredible uh, uh, responsibility. Absolutely. Well, I think that uh, that we've sent these people. We've sent our folks on in the right direction today. I, I, I just we've talked a lot about who these kids are and what's going on in their lives, and and we've really boiled it down to the truth of we've got to share through relationships through loving, caring um, leaders, equipping them and their families and uh, equipping the leaders and our families, the parents, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ because that's the answer. It is. And I, I think that as, um, as we do get to spend time with kids, um, there are messages about them being image bearers and about who God says they are, who, what their identity is founded in and rooted in Scripture um, because they're here, like I said earlier, they're hearing all these other messages. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully mom and dad are affirming them at home and your volunteers are the echoes that they need right. in the other ears that we talk about. Mm -hmm. That's very important because it helps validate what mom and dad are saying at home. Um, but even more so if mom and dad aren't saying anything at home or if they themselves aren't believers, um, then it come it becomes even more important to have those messages um, um, spoken to them about you know you're made in the image of God and you're loved and um, God has a plan for your life and it has very little to do with you know Instagram and Fortnite exactly exactly thank you Jana I appreciate the conversation today and I know our listeners do too because of today's culture this topic is probably more important than it's ever been in my ministry the 30 years I've been working in kids ministry it's becoming more and more important that we have conversations about today's kids mm -hmm. recognizing that they're not like yesterday's kids yeah. for a variety of different reasons um, childhood has changed at some level but we still have an eternal answer. Yes. And that's Jesus Christ. That's right. And we need to find every way we can to point boys and girls to Jesus and for them to see their worth through his eyes. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. You can find more podcasts, blog posts, and other resources at kidsministry101.com. Make plans to join us back here in two weeks for a very special announcement and podcast with our friend, Bill Emiot. We'll see you then on the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.